Welcome to this episode of the Two Key Geeks podcast. I am one of your geeks, Ben Elmore. My brother Daniel, unfortunately, didn't get to make the trip for the convention we're talking about this week. He just got tied up, got otherwise engaged, and that's what happens when you own a business and everybody's busy adulting. So, this week we have an extremely special guest. Please welcome from Drunk on Disney, many, many conventions, published author, Guy Hutchinson. Guy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It was nice meeting you there, and uh, I'm happy to talk about it. That's fantastic. This is going to be an interesting episode. Traditionally, our episodes about conventions are me and Daniel going to conventions, what we liked, what we didn't like. This time, we have an actual convention guest joining for the show today. Since Daniel couldn't go to the con, he doesn't know what happened there. So I went around basically whoring myself, asking if anybody would come on the show and talk about the convention with me. So Guy was generous enough to do that, which I did not expect. And we're really, really glad to have you here today. I appreciate you. No, I'm, I'm overjoyed to talk about it. It was a fun weekend. It was. I did not go all three days. I went one day, which is kind of my MO. I usually consolidate that weekend with a Orlando Halloween Horror Nights Universal type trip. And uh, we go from there. Well, so you're coming from the Florida Keys. So what is that? Is that about a five-hour drive? It is. It's exactly a five-hour drive. It's four and a half, five hours, depending on traffic. That weekend, though, this was the weekend of October 21st through October 23rd, so Friday through Sunday. We really messed ourselves up that weekend, Guy. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. (laughs) We tried to do way too much. So Friday, my wife got off at 4, and we drove up to Sunrise, Florida, which is Fort Lauderdale, and went to the Florida Panthers hockey game that night. We were playing Tampa. That's uh, kind of our thing. We like to go to hockey games. And we said, ah, let's just do that on the way. And is that, that's like, I'm assuming a big rivalry or? It's a huge rivalry. Uh, everybody hates each other. It's uh, it's great. Uh, my wife. So how was the game? Uh, we lost. Okay. But my wife's dad went with us. He was He's a Tampa fan. So he, uh, he was super happy. Everybody else, not so much. But. <laughs> It was fun. It's always fun to go. So after the game, which ended about 10 at night, we ran up to Port St. Lucie, which is where my in-laws live, and Mm -hmm. spent the night there, which is about another hour north. So that put us about three hours into our five-hour drive. So we woke up the next morning, came to Orlando. My wife put me out at the convention like a kid getting dropped off at school, even though I'm 43 years old. And... (laughs) She went to Universal and putzed around the entire day, so she did that. I took in the convention, then that night we had a fan club meetup, tickets, and VIP for Kevin Smith's Clerks 3 Roadshow, which was incredible. It was a great show. We had a great time. We got to hang out with Kevin and Brian O'Halloran, which is always fun, but... She had an event with our business the next day, so we decided we were going to just go to Kevin's show and then drive home after that. Got it. Terrible idea. We got home at like 6 o'clock in the morning. Somehow she made it to her event. I had tickets for NASCAR in Homestead that day. Didn't work out. I slept. So it happens, but sometimes we take on too much, and you have to know when to, to cut back a little bit. But it was a whirlwind weekend, and it was great. What we're here for, though, the convention, 
you actually come down for these shows from the Northeast, right? You're in Jersey, yes. New York. I live in New Jersey, um, and I I've done uh, a lot of shows in Florida over the years, but uh, more recently I've done Spooky Empire this year, and I did it last year, and I did I've done another one in Central Florida. I will say my main desire to do a show in Florida compared to anywhere else in the country is that I get to go to those theme parks. So that is, that's, I mean, I, I love to go to Universal. I did get to spend a little time on Disney property this time, which was a lot of fun. But that's, for me, that's that's the draw is, you know, on the off hours when the convention is closed, I get to run over there. But the convention itself, Spooky Empire, is a well-run event. And so, yeah, I flew down there on uh, Thursday, and I had dinner with a friend of mine. We went to downtown Disney. Um, got to see, you know, a little bit of, little bit of the Disney magic, a little bit of uh, what they do there, and and then uh, Friday we had the show. That's fantastic. I, it's funny because it, you are literally known for your podcast, Drunk on Disney, your series of yeah. books about Disney. Uh, I haven't been to Disney since I was probably seven years old. We're a Universal uh-huh. family, but uh, I want to go. I want to see all the Star Wars stuff, but it is so packed now. You can't yeah. even as even living in Florida, you can't buy an annual pass anymore. It just no, it's it's tough. Yeah, they've they've made and it's hard to get reservations for the for the parks. I love Universal too. I just uh, I went there in April, and I, I get a kick out of everything there too. But uh, yeah, I think you should give it another shot. I mean, that seems like a long time. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of like you haven't been to anything on Disney property. I'm not just talking about in the theme parks. You haven't been to a restaurant or a show or anything nothing nothing in almost going on 30 years now so I, i'm I definitely do i would have hailed an uber and thrown you in it and we would have gone we would have skipped the rest of the convention that day but said you gotta see something well it's <laughs> I, I feel like in order to go and to see the things i want to see and ride the rides i want to ride i need to go on like a tuesday in the winter and my schedule's flexible. I can do that. I can take two days off, and I can be off seven days. The problem is no one else, no friends of mine that are nerds have that ability. They would have to plan it months in advance, and I could just go, but I'll be going by myself, and I, I have just haven't done it. It's not because I dislike anything about it. It's just that it's extremely expensive and extremely busy. And if I tried to do it on a weekend, I know I would get pissed off and not see anything I wanted to see. So it's going to happen though. It's so expensive. And they, they now are starting to find ways to, you know, the expression nickel and dime you, but it is far more than nickels and dimes. And they, they do it now in so many, like almost insidious ways. They just charge you for everything. It, it's like yeah. gaming. They have microtransactions in the park. Everything is, yes. it costs well, money. You know. It is exactly like, you know, some app you download and you're like, oh, this is free to play. And then you're like, oh, I want to skip these ads. All right. Oh, I need more coins. Okay. And then you're like, oh, okay. This game costs $200. I didn't, yeah. didn't realize it when I started. Yeah. Yes, I could have gotten a triple A game for sixty bucks that I bitch about the price, but now I, you know, right. you know, I accidentally left my credit card linked, and my, now my kids bought a thousand dollars worth of crap in Roblox. You know, it, it's yeah. it's like that. <laughs> and, and Universal honestly isn't a ton better. It's it's getting more Disney-ish every day. I mean, it it is owned by Comcast, which is you know an evil empire, but it's uh, 
it's it's getting the same way. Thankfully, they still take very very good care of us pass holders. We've been pass holders there for at least eight or nine years now, and uh, even though they cost as much as a small car for a family of four every year now, it's uh, at least we can still buy them as opposed to our Disney friends who apparently are shut out right now. What I loved about Universal was they had that uh, Express Pass, which was expensive, and I thought, ah, should I get it? Maybe I'll get it. And I got it for one of the four days I went. And I did more in that day than I could have just gone that one day. I could have just said this is a one-day trip instead of, you know, like a, a four-day-plus weekend trip. Because I'll tell you, you can get so much done with that. I mean, they really, when they say front of the line, they need it. Oh, absolutely. They Their Express is, is top-notch. We Because we go so often, we don't typically buy it for a regular park visit. But for Halloween yeah. Horror Nights, we always buy it because there's 10 haunted houses. There's 50,000 people in the park, and if you don't have Express, you aren't going to see. We've had friends that have been like, ah, I'm not going to spend that money. They go to two houses. We did all 10, two shows, and we're back at the hotel an hour before the thing was over. It's just... Yeah, I mean, that's it's it is so it just makes a difference because and when you're standing in line, you get miserable and everybody everybody gets no matter how sunny your disposition is, the longer you're in line, the longer you're on your feet, the more you just start to not enjoy what you're doing. Absolutely. So it it is good. We're going to go back next month in December. It's November 1st now. So next month we're going to go back. They always have a really big Christmas thing in the Macy's Parade. So we always take the kids to that. So we'll be back up there. I've already booked our uh, hotel room. And that is also the same weekend as the Spookala Horror Convention in Ocala, which I've never been to. I'm going to try to run up there that weekend and attend that convention as well. Hopefully that works out for me. We'll see. But that's the plan. So, so now, tell me, have you been to Spooky Empire before? I have. We have traditionally Spooky has two, sometimes three shows a year. We call the one in the summer Little Spooky. The one we attended this past couple weeks ago, I always call that one Big Spooky. Right. And then yeah. they do the last couple of years. They've done a pop up Spooky at Christmas and. That one has actually always been really impressive. It's just a few oh. guests and a vendor room. It's an opportunity for the vendors to get some customers before the holidays, and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's not too crowded. So this is probably my sixth or seventh spooky, I believe. Okay. Have you you've done them before as well, haven't you? I've, so I've only been there last year and this year. So I've done. Uh, just these two years. So you see a far more spooky experience. And I've only done the big show. Uh, uh, Petey uh, is the guy who runs the event. He's a, a real nice guy. I've actually been friends with him for years and years because he comes to, you know, most of the people that promote and run these uh, conventions go to all the other conventions. So they see what's going on at the different conventions, uh, you know, meet different people that are involved in them, see if there's things that they could maybe take ideas that are, you know, that somebody's doing in Denver that maybe would work really good in Orlando or that they could, you know, put their own twist on it. So uh, he runs a, a real nice show. I know this year uh, they were in a different building than last year. Last year they were right at the Hyatt's Convention Center. and This year they were at the, the real Convention Center. Did you, what did you think about the difference between them? I liked it a lot. Uh, the venue was great. The 
past Spookies. I know the summer one was at the Wyndham, I believe, the Wyndham Hotel and Convention Center. And uh, my brother Daniel's partner, Carrie, she refers to that as uh, the Roach Motel. We've we've stayed on site before, but that that venue was always a mess. It's not Spookies' fault, but you have... One door's VIP entrance. You have to go in another door on the other side of the building to get your wristband. Once you got your wristband, you have to go to a third door to get actually into the convention. It's just a mess. And yeah. this was not that way at all. This was the Orange County Convention Center's West uh, Pavilion or West Wing. Once we actually found it, because it's not the gigantic part of OCC that... Right. Uh, yes, they were, they were having some kind of flower and garden show or something yes. at the other one. The other one yeah. is where Megacon typically is. It, it's a, an enormous venue. The thing's like a mile long. But once we actually found where this one was, there was one entrance, one door, one line. It was very streamlined. Once you got yeah. your, as a guest, once you got your wristband, showed them your ticket, they scanned it, gave you a wristband, uh, everything else you waited for was inside the convention center. So there weren't any outside lines in the heat or the cold, whatever the case may have been, sure. like there have been in the past. So I really, really liked the venue at this show, and it was actually a pretty smooth process. In the main hall there, they had... Uh, photo ops set up with the car from Supernatural and a uh, Ecto-1 clone built out of a Dodge Magnum for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. There was I a... Did not, I did not know uh, the details, though, that it was a Dodge Magnum, but that it did look a little odd. It was definitely not the hearse that, the, that it should be. No, not at all. There was a Christine clone there. Christine, so, yes. That was super cool. Do you cool. know if that was a replica or if that was the car? That is a replica, actually. Yeah. That Since that movie, I, I'm a car guy, too, and since that movie, those cars have become incredibly hard to get. They were notorious rust buckets, and they, they're very, very hard to find and very expensive. Even that replica, that car is probably worth approaching $100,000 now because wow. you just can't find them anymore. So it was neat to see. You, you can go to any car show in the country and you can see 157 Chevys, but there's not many 58 Plymouth Fury two-door hardtops that still exist. So the fact that it was there was pretty cool. There it is. A couple of the cars from the movie did survive and are in private collections, but that one's just a, uh, a fan fan clone. Well, it's cool to see. I What some people told me, so when you, when you entered, you had the big atrium area. Uh, they had the DJ and, and you know, the, the stuff that we were talking about, the Ghostbusters set up and, and Christine. But I heard some people complain they thought it was too much sun in there. They thought it didn't have the vibe of what they were looking for, for, you know, a horror convention, that it was, that, that it felt too uh, standard and ordinary. I didn't get that. I kind of liked that you went upstairs, they had all the panel rooms, you went straight ahead, they had the vendor room, and go to the right, they had the autograph room. I mean, it seemed to me, uh, as far as having a lot of space, and yet it all being really convenient, it seemed pretty good. I had no issues with it. I don't, I, I you know... I guess I don't overanalyze things like that. I I thought it was far superior to the musty old hotel off International Drive. I the the only vibe that I got from that place is, you know, maybe I need to check up on my COVID status, but it's it it just was very disorganized and things. This venue was not that way at all. Uh, at the end of the day, 
if you want to have a convention that thousands of people are going to go to, you have to pick the best venue for that and the one that causes the least amount of grief for your guests. And I think they did a fantastic job at this specific convention with the guests and the the vendor room, the autograph room, the the way they had that atrium set up. You know, I'm sorry it wasn't raining, but I, I don't, I'm with you. Yeah, that would have that would have been what they wanted. Yeah, I think that would have given the atmosphere that they were looking for. The the vendor room itself wasn't. I don't. I didn't think it was overly bright. I mean, they had the tattoo booth set up. They had enough yeah. light to work, but it wasn't. I didn't yeah, get the it. The vendor room and the the autograph room, they had those purple lights, and I mean, it kind of gave you know. I thought it actually looked really cool. I thought they did a great job. I you know, in the past, there, there's been issues with the venues, and I think this was a really good move. I think PD did great uh, scheduling it at that center. It was easy to get to. There was parking. I after she dropped me off, I ended up when I left. I took an Uber. That was right there, the uh, rad chair pickup. So there was nothing complicated about it at all. So good, yeah. not not from the perspective of a guest at the convention anyway. How did it go for you as an actual, I guess, guest? Yeah, I mean, it was guest? fine. It, you know, yeah, so, I mean, the difference is I don't get to see as much of it. I did get to walk through the vendor room on Sunday afternoon, but mostly I sit there and try to beg people for money at my table so i don't get the uh i don't get the full experience but i did like seeing the uh the main area in the middle i thought that looked nice in the vendor room there was a lot of things i try to stay out of the vendor rooms just because i want to buy everything i have a terrible habit of you know you walk around and you're like well that's a good idea that looks cool you know there were a lot of people uh, that especially there was a lot of haunted mansion stuff that I saw that I was like, oh, that's you know that's a cool looking poster or that's a cool looking you know diorama somebody made or little figurines, uh, but I enjoyed seeing all that and there were a lot of uh, weird clowns walking around giving balloon animals to kids which I thought was really sweet. That's funny. It it was. It was well done. I I enjoyed it. It is. I can imagine. I've worked a con before with Ming Chen from Comic Book Men, who is a great friend of the show here. He's been on several of our episodes with us, probably 20% of them if we actually broke it down. But uh, Ming and Mike, great people. And I worked a convention with him one weekend helping out uh, because Brian Johnson had run off their volunteer Okay. <laughs> pretty rapidly the first day. So Ming got on Twitter and was like, please, I need help. Somebody that Brian can get along with. So I went and Brian actually tolerated me for the whole weekend. So we were, this was at Florida Supercon and we were actually okay. seated next to Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek, who we lost this year, which was, this? yeah, it was a great weekend. This was probably 15, 14, something like that. Yeah, all right. I I was there. I was there. I did that show. That was a good show. Yeah, uh, I did, yeah. I did every Florida SuperCon from about 2010 or 11 until they they did the last one before Reed. I did the first one with Reed Pop, and that was that was it. I I haven't been since Reed Pop took it over, but it changed a lot. It but was, when uh, you you don't get a ton of time when you're actually at a table the whole weekend to, yeah, to get around. Working. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're working, I always think of it as work and it's a cool place to work. You know, I mean, it's as far as atmospheres go for working. I mean, I was at my table, 
uh, I, I met you. Well, what day were you there? Was it Saturday? Saturday. 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 So I met you there on Saturday. Sunday, by the way, was the day of the costume contest. So there were a lot more costumes and just crazy costumes. And that was probably the most fun day to be there because, you know, you'd be sitting there and all of a sudden uh, an entire – there were two different – beds that were designed with the exorcist you know with the girl on it and, and you know like a priest walking with it there were two different entire you know moving caravans of, of people you know uh, reenacting the exorcist competing versions um but yeah i had a i had a nice uh, nice location i was next to ginger lynn who uh who ended up she's a, an adult film actress from the 80s and she was super sweet and really friendly to to hang around next to you know and chit chat with uh but yeah i mean it was and it was a good a good turnout there were a lot of people there a lot of you know and a lot of happy people there a lot of times i've done other horror conventions where the fans are all just miserable and i think that's just their personality and i didn't get as much of that here which i i kind of love um but yeah that no, was it was real cool yeah, that's great. And you traditionally, for the last couple of years anyway, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you have been traditionally attending these shows with Dana Snyder of Aqua Teen yeah. Hunger Force fame, correct? Dana is my best friend. So we have been uh, we've been friends for forever. Um, uh, I guess, I don't know, 15 years at this point, but I feel like uh, even longer. Um, but yes, we, so part of the reason that we both like to do these shows is, uh, we're really good friends and it's the only, he lives in California. I live in New Jersey. So the, the way we can get our wives to agree to let us hang out for a weekend is by getting some, uh, convention company to pay for it. So we get a convention to, to pay for it. A lot of times we will stand next to each other at tables and we're, interacting with the people coming up and so we will stand next to each other for 10 hours without speaking to each other but then we could usually go out have dinner you know get some beers or whatever so that's i usually do them with him he was not he was supposed to do this one we were going to do a big live drunk on disney event which we've done in lots of areas but never just thinking if we've ever done it in the state of florida a paid show um no i don't think we've ever done it in the state of Florida. So it would have been the first one. And Dana got COVID on the Monday before the show. So he had to, he had to bow out and that, uh, canceled that, and, you know, canceled him being there. But, uh, uh, I still had a lot of fun. I still was able to, uh, have a good time, but yeah, Ginger Lynn might've been a better neighbor than Dana would have been. So I kind of, I've never lucked out. Maybe so. Is Dana doing well now? He's gotten over the, yeah, the oh, mess. Yeah. He was, no, Dana was asymptomatic. Uh, he just, um, so he, he tested. The long story is we had been together in New York the weekend before with some other people. They got it. And he said, oh, you got to test. And I, I tested. I didn't get it. Um, and he, he wanted to see if he got it. And he kept testing. And he didn't have any symptoms. And then he, sure enough, he did get it. Um, but, uh, with no symptoms and obviously, uh, you know, when you get it, even if you don't have symptoms, you got to stay home because you don't want to, because I mean, the thing that could happen is you have no symptoms, you pass it on to somebody else, they get major symptoms. So, uh, obviously it, uh, he had to stay home, but I tested again, uh, right before I got, you know, ready to go on the plane, everything uh, came up with just one line. And I said, all right, I'm good. 
I'm going and, you know, uh, uh, going to have a good time. Well, that's great. I'm glad he didn't wind up super sick from it. It seems like these later variants have not been as severe. I had it in April. I, I guess it's passed through enough of us that it yes. has worn itself down. We filtered it, you know. <laughs> but he wasn't the only cancellation. Uh, Christina Ricci had to cancel due to some filming commitments, as well as Danny Lloyd, who were, both of yeah. them were supposed to be there. But it was still a pretty good guest list. Was there anybody at the convention that you had not been at a show with before or somebody you oh, yeah. were particularly looking forward to seeing? Well, I wanted to see. I did not get to see him, but I wanted to see the gentleman that played Lurch in the Adams Family movies because uh, he was there. Um, and I thought it'd be I, I thought it'd be cool to be able to say, oh, I saw that guy because you know, I feel like he's got to be like seven foot tall and a uh, pretty unique looking fellow. I did not see him. We were we, we were in the same room, but it was a very big room and he was in the opposite corner from me. And any time that I got a chance to walk around, you know, went to use the restroom or whatever, I didn't I looked over and he either wasn't there or he was sitting down. I couldn't tell which one he was. Uh so I did not get to see him. I got to see uh I love wrestling, so when Shotzi uh uh, from the WWE walked by and was and, and needed directions. I was like, oh, I will hold on. I know where I, I'll show you where to go. So that was pretty cool. Pretty cool to see her. Um, and then other than that, Ginger Lynn, who I, I honestly must say, I did not know the name prior to uh, the weekend, but uh, I looked her up afterwards. She certainly had quite a career, not just in adult entertainment, but she's done a lot of really cool low budget films uh, including one called new york ninja that she did last year that looks pretty great but she's done a lot of kind of lowbrow entertainment that i would enjoy and just as a a person to to chat with she was super sweet so i like meeting her uh i've done shows with christina reach i've never actually met her but that was one that you know my thing is i don't usually go up and and, and you know and i don't buy an autograph or or ask for a picture or anything i just like to check off that mental box that say oh I, you know, saw, you know, Christina Ricci, you know, from across the room. I remember one time I was uh, I, a good friend of mine, Mike Sinner Nicholas, who uh, he does uh, a lot of voices. I know he did uh, one of the Ninja Turtles for a while and uh, really accomplished voice actor. We were hanging around one weekend at a show. We were both doing the show. And we said, you know, Lee Majors is at this show. And he was like, I love Lee Majors. I was like, me too, man. I used to watch the fall guy. I, I, gotta make sure we get to see lee majors as soon as we finish talking about it lee majors walks in to get some coffee he goes hey fellas we're like hey lee majors and they walked out we we're like well there we did it we've now <laughs> not only saw lee majors we said hi to lee majors so it was like you know we checked that box off so i and i i love uh that most of the celebrities still are out in the public where you can see them at those shows i know more and more conventions are starting to do a thing where if they have a big guest they put them in a private area where unless you pay to get their autograph you can't even look at them which i don't think is right i think that's uh i think that part of the admission is walking by christina ricci's table maybe you can't you know chatter up for 10 minutes but you can walk by and look at her uh, so yeah, I was kind of sad she wasn't there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the old celebrity zoo type thing. It's uh, uh, yes. it's uh, and I have mixed feelings about that. The only convention I've been to that did the the private booth thing, I guess, is uh, there were two, and both of them were at MegaCon. Okay. And it was Gina Carano 
from yeah. Star Wars. She had kind of like an off thing, and she's big in wrestling too. And then... Yeah. Uh, MMA, MMA fighter, I think, yeah. Yes, and then the other one, I'm trying to think. It has escaped me. Carrie Elways from Princess Bride. Okay. His yeah. was, he had like, it was curtained off and you went in there. The only benefit to that was... Oh, yeah. He only allowed one person at a time to come in. Right. So you got that time. It was you, him, and his assistant, and that was it. There was nobody else in there. So it was neat on that aspect, but I agree with you because it's the same argument we have about VIP as you and I sit here and talk about how great Express Pass is. The argument we have about VIP at conventions with my brother and I is not everyone can afford that, and... If you wait in line for someone's autograph for six hours because they sold yeah. thousands of $400 VIP tickets, it, it doesn't put everybody on a level playing field. And I feel like at a convention, that's something that everybody should get to experience kind of the same. I don't know. That's yeah. just always been my opinion. I My thing, I have always had uh, one experience stuck in my head, which is I saw Dan Aykroyd many many years ago uh at a at an at a, at a signing for his crystal vodka he was just uh, just had come out with this crystal vodka and i don't i don't think i even waited long i don't remember if it was a wait of of you know more than an hour if it was 15 minutes i i, I don't remember that but what i do remember was you only saw him once you got up to where he was going to sign your your crystal vodka and you get a picture with him and he was wearing sunglasses and a baseball cap and i showed people the picture and they're like oh who's this and i was like that's dan Aykroyd." they're like really i'm like no it really was him i don't know why i don't know why he decided to be in disguise indoors in, in a private room where you were taking a picture with him and so for me had i gotten there and been like oh dan Aykroyd's decided to Decided to go incognito today. Yeah, I think I'll skip the photo. So, I mean, that's my opinion on it. Is you kind of you also want to be able to see them. I mean, not everybody can pay the the autograph prices have gone through the roof for a lot of these people, and not everybody can afford to pay one hundred and fifteen dollars to sit next to William Shatner for eight seconds. So at least you get to see William Shatner from across the room, and you see the people lining up for him. You say, "Wow, that's great! That guy that was on my TV now he's right here. We're in the same space." We're breathing the same COVID air. <laughs> it is. It's 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 interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. And I have found through the many, many, many conventions that I've been to that most of the celebrities that do them are pretty cool. There's been a couple that were not as cool. But Ooh. for the most right, part... Wait, well, hold on. Hold on. That's the part I want to hear. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, Megacon one year, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman's Corey Feldman. He's going he's gonna to do what he does, but... His line was, no joke, four to six hours long. And the venue told him that he could not vape at his table. All right. So his solution to that was every 10 minutes, he took about a 10 or 15 minute break to go outside and hit his vape. And then he would come back in for 10 minutes or so. And it just drug on and on and on and on. And, you know, there, there are encounters like that i know people you you'd mentioned shatner people have had encounters with shatner where he was less than friendly but overall most I mean, of the convention guests I've are heard that. I, I will say i've done so many shows with shatner and 
personally, I could say he's sweet as could be, but also everybody I know that's interacted with him. Because usually where you hear the dirt is from the staff. Like when you're talking to the guys who are, you know, volunteers and whatever, and, and they'll tell you. You know, like if I say, hey, how's this guy? Who's who's the big jerk this weekend? And they'll tell you, oh, so-and-so. Uh, and Shatner, despite his, you know, one-time reputation and, and may still – may still be a gruff uh, guy to some people. I have not heard that lately, and he always seems to be uh, in good spirits. Yeah, he's, I've, he's, I've never personally had a bad experience. Dude, by the way, for his age. Yeah, he is. It, to be in his 90s, he's very spry. and uh, <laughs> Ridiculously so. Yes, but I've never had a bad interaction with him. I know some people have had bad times with Lou Ferrigno, but a lot of those oh, people... Lou Ferrigno, I've heard. Yeah, that one I've heard. That a lot and of those love- people are... Uh, Lou is pretty particular on what he signs and how much he charges. And if he thinks somebody's flipping autographs, then he's not going to cooperate with them. But I, I, I'm an autograph collector. I'm sitting in my studio at home. I have hundreds of pieces. I've, I've got hundreds more that aren't displayed. I, I've, I do that, but I never sell anything. So I, I get it. Sometimes you get tired of people trying to hound you for stuff that they're just going to turn around and sell. They're not you know, really fans. So I understand that That's to cool. a certain degree. I, mean, I love the idea of an autograph. I love a personalized autograph. I wouldn't want one that wasn't made out to me because I love the idea of this person that you watched on television or in the movies that they wrote your name and then they wrote their name. You know, it's a, there's a, you know, that for this moment, their hand was, you know, doing something specifically, you know, writing something for you, which I think is, it's a, and autographs, I mean, are a pretty unique thing. I don't know what the history of them are, but I don't know that autographs go back, you know, thousands of years. They, you know, there was, there's a time where somebody decided that was a, you know, a way to remember, you know, meeting somebody of note. Yes. And it, it is. It's a neat hobby, but there are some people who, you know, just like everything, they mess it up for everybody else. This one, I didn't have a real specific list going in of who I wanted to see. I did, uh, and and you did mention it. The prices have gone up a lot. Yeah. Alex Vincent and Christine Elise from the Child's Play series, they do spooky all the time. I think Alex told me this was like one of close to his thirtieth spooky <laughs> event. Yeah. And his autograph used to be, you know, 20, 30 bucks, and now it's 50. And uh, yeah. the used to, when you bought the well, autograph, people would take a picture with you. Well, now the picture is the, it's double if you want a picture. The picture is always separate now. And, and yeah, I mean, 45 seems to be the cheap end now for autographs. You don't see, uh, you know, there used to be a lot of guests that would be 20 and 25. And, I never see that anymore. Sid Haig, before he passed, was famous. He never raised his price. It was always 20 bucks, and I'm looking at mine hanging on the wall right now. It was a very good experience meeting him, but he, he uh, never raised his price just to keep it affordable for everybody, and uh, yeah. that is not the case. And I understand with some of the big names, it costs these venues and the, the promoters a lot of money to get them there, and... You know, it is what it is at the end of the day. But COVID had a lot to do with that. The A lot of people went to private signings by mail. And like Stallone started doing them. Well, that's great. You can do Stallone, which you could never get before. Stallone's not going to, you know, Orlando for a right. convention. But Stallone is $800. And if you want him to write your name and make it out to you, it's another $800. Like, it's just... Wow. 
Uh, it, it's gotten out of sports. hand. <laughs> it has, but I had a good time. I went and saw Eduardo Franco, who played Argyle in the newest season of Stranger Things. Uh, super, super nice guy. Uh, my daughter was really mad at me for that because she loved that <laughs> that series and that show, and I did too, but it was good to see him. I got Alex Vincent and Christina Lee to sign my Shout Factory, or actually Scream Factory, release uh, 4K movie of Child's Play 2, which came out this year. They came out with a box set with some posters. I was actually going to bring the posters and get those signed, and I opened them, and they had been damaged in shipping, so now I'm waiting okay. for... Shout Factory to send me some new ones. Did you watch the new Monsters movie? I have not seen it yet. I've been hearing too many bad things. We almost saw it for Halloween night. Uh, my son, I have an 11-year-old son, and we every year try to watch something horror-ish, and that was on our list, that one, along with uh, the Spirit Halloween movie. But then we logged on to HBO Max uh, just to see what was on there, and the new Krypton movie was on, so he, he wanted to see that. But the Monsters one, I've heard a lot of bad things. I, I'm curious, have you seen it? I did watch it, and, and it wasn't great. I'm, I'm not going to proliferate that it was great because it wasn't, but sure. I, I got well, here's the th my quick question. Yeah. Um, the monsters, the TV show is a silly show. I love it, but it's a, I mean, if you just took that, if that was a motion picture that came out back then, I don't think people would have fond memories of it. That, you know, it was a campy, silly sitcom and we kind of expect different things from movies than sitcoms. Do you think it was sillier and worse than the TV show? I, I don't really think so. I think, I think our nostalgia for the TV show, I, I think sure. it's just kind of sacred. Uh, I love that yeah. show. I always liked it better than the Adams family, okay, but yeah. I think this movie is going to be one that everybody hates it right now, but five, ten years from now, I think it's going to be a cult movie. I really huh? do. It was it was not as bad as they made it out to be. It got hate-bombed, and two of the guests at the convention, Daniel Roebuck, who's been in other Rob Zombie stuff, he was in Devil's Rejects. Great, great guy. He was across from you and to your right, diagonally. Yes. Uh, I very I, I dynamic. Say, a side note about him, uh, he was also, he played Jay Leno in the movie The Late Shift, which is I is always what I think of with that guy, which was a very weird, uh, also a very uh, movie that was not appreciated when it came out. Not at all, but he was a very, very good guest. Nice guy. Tomas Boykin, who played the werewolf, he also very nice. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like everybody needs to watch it. It I would have liked it twice as much if they had done it in black and white, but I'm told yeah. that actually uh, Tomas told me that they would not let Rob Zombie do it in black and white. And I wonder okay. if later we'll get a cut. Like he said, they even right. tell people, you know, turn down the contrast on your TV and make it black and white. You'll love it. But I haven't done it yet. Very nice people, though. I, I suggest you watch the movie and judge it for yourself. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't you know, record-breaking cinema, but... It was I mean, enjoyable. The thing is, I feel like I'm going to love it because my expectations are, are now super low, you know, which is good. Yeah, you for know, sure. You, so, and, and the same thing I happened like, to me. I like Rob Zombie, and I like that he did it. And, you know, to me, even if I don't like it, I love that he kind of stepped out of his 
comfort zone, stepped out of what he normally does and did something different. And, you know, hey, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, sometimes it's it's cool to see an artist try different things. Absolutely. I, I'm a Rob Zombie fan. House of a Thousand Corpses, that series is one of my favorites. And, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't hate it. Uh, it it was kind of like a four or five out of ten star type thing for me. It, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever watched. It wasn't my favorite thing either. It was, you know, it is what it is. But both of the guests from that movie were super nice. I got them to sign a 11 by 17 poster just because I feel like later on that movie is going to be a little more appreciated. From the TV side... Taryn Manning and Lori Petty were there from Orange is the New Black, but I'm older, obviously. I know Lori Petty from Tank Girl, so I yes. talked to her for a little while. Uh, I had Taryn Manning sign. I have an 8-mile DVD from England uh -huh. that someone had Brittany Murphy sign for me uh, before she passed, and I had Taryn sign the back of that, and uh, she was really excited to see that. She said she never sees stuff from Brittany, and... Uh, so that was cool to get to visit with her for a minute. Who else here? I wanted to get Jason Patrick and Billy Worth. I wanted to start a Lost Boys piece. Like I have, you know, mini movie posters. Like I have a Cobra Kai that's got ten or twelve people. I have everybody who's still alive from the Goonies on one. And I wanted wow. to start a Lost Boys. And at the entire convention, nobody had an 11 by 17 or a 12 by 18 Lost Boys like mini poster. Everything was 8 by 10s. And I was like, this is not going to work for me. So I'm going to have to do that later. I didn't get to do it this time. But that was my fault for not ordering one and bringing it with me. You know, it happens. Yeah. Uh, other people I ran into, I went and saw uh, Ethan Supley from Mall Rats. Yeah. Sure. Great guy. He does yeah. not look like anything like he looked, you know, twenty years ago. He still got the same head. He does uh, still have the same head, but it, it is on an. It, it's like when we were kids and we took our action figures apart. It is on an entirely different body. Yes. Uh, it, it, he is not like his makeover though has not. He's not transformed. His he's he's in phenomenal shape. Uh, I've seen like bodybuilding pictures of him. I don't know if he is in exactly that shape, but he was a couple years ago with these like just you know, striations of muscles on top of muscles. But uh, he did not, you know, say, oh, let me get plastic surgery and you change the way my face looks. So uh, he still, I, I recognized him immediately. And I also remember him from My Name is Earl, which I was excited to see him uh, there. And yeah, he was uh, just wandering around a lot too. So I don't know if uh, he, maybe he's, you know, a big horror guy and likes to check everything out. Yeah, he was great. Super nice guy. I got him to sign a mall rats picture with the sailboat. I mean, that's kind of yes. an iconic scene for him. And actually, Kevin Smith talked about him that night at the Clerks 3 thing. He said, you know, any because he does have a cameo in Clerks 3, and he said anybody oh. who wants to make a bunch of money should make a buddy cop movie with Ethan. And I don't remember who the other person he said was, but it, it made a lot anybody. of sense. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? I'd say Ethan Supley and anybody in a buddy cop movie. Yeah, it, it should be. It would be fun, but um, you know, maybe that's something Kevin will do later on. We'll see. But he's already got his five-year plan kind of worked out. It seemed like, but uh, it was a good show overall. I I had a great time. I was in and out in a few hours. Uh, I didn't buy anything. I walked through the whole vendor room, and I'm like you. I I tend to spend rather generously my retail therapy goes a little crazy in those places 
I refrained this time because I knew I needed some cash for the night for the Kevin Smith show. And uh, I, I, you know, I didn't avoid it, but I didn't, there wasn't anything that I couldn't live without. There was a lot of crap I would have liked to have brought home, but that's yeah. Yep. Any, uh, any other highlights for you for the weekend? Did you do any panels or anything? Yeah. Yeah. I did a couple panels. Um, you know, panels were fine. I did one, um, talking about, ghosts at theme parks and some uh some spooky rides and then some just downright weird rides uh everybody should google the german um warner brothers movie world theme park had a gremlins attraction where the gremlins uh got out of control and gizmo enlists the help of alf to try to stop them um so i talked about that stuff and then i did a panel where we ranked all of the haunted mansions and I don't know that our ranking uh, should stand on any on any pedestal, but it was a lot of fun. And there were a lot of fun people there with, you know, lots of fun, you know, costumes in the room, which is always a lot of fun. There was a little kid dressed as The weekend, which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we had, uh, had some fun. I, I remember the one thing was I ran over on my first panel because I didn't know the next guest was in the room. And it turned out the next guest was the animal trainer, the guy who had uh, the snakes and alligators in the main lobby. And so I, I said to him, I said, I'm sorry, I ran over. And he goes, I don't care. It was effing funny. And I said, oh, okay. I'm glad. It's the best compliment I'm going to get all day. Thank you. Absolutely. If it wasn't funny, he would have let a snake loose on you, I guess. So. <laughs> I think he probably also, much like I would have been, is like, well, it's a little less time I have to work. So, yes. You go five minutes in, then I have five less minutes. I have to talk about snakes. So uh, there's probably some, some positives there. Absolutely. Well, Guy, where can people find you at? I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about yeah, the convention no. today. This was a blast. Uh, I'm on everything as Guy Hutchinson. So just go you know, look him on you know, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, whatever. If there's another one, I always try to sign up first so I can be the only Guy Hutchinson with my with the Guy Hutchinson name because there's another Guy Hutchinson out there who runs a bunch of hotels in the Middle East and he's always trying to take the name first. So I always just got so as long as you don't find that guy, uh, you know, say hi and I'll uh, I'll say hi back. Fantastic. We really appreciate you being on the show today. It's been great. It was an, an awesome weekend. It was good to see you again. The last time I had seen you was Drunk on Disney Richmond, which I have the sticker for on my desk right next to me. That was a good time. That was right before. That was the last show before COVID, so it's been a while, and uh, it was great to see you again, and I really appreciate you being on the show. People, go and check out Guy's socials his podcasts his books i'm gonna post links on our facebook and instagram pages when the episode goes up and thank you all for listening